James, sorry about that. We're having troubles with the connection, but uh, uh, please continue. I'm not sure where I got to. You were talking about the world. You just started, so we're talking okay. about how it's impacted the World Cup. Yeah, I mean, it's annoying me a little bit that people are slating England for having rain because everybody knows it rains in England. That's what England does. Um, but, yeah, we'll get nice days again as well. I think it's uh, it's a shame that we're seeing some rained-off matches and that run rate might come a li- become a little bit more important than we first anticipated to decide the, the semi-final lineup. But, you know, you look at the weather forecast, it's forecast to rain for another couple of days and then I think it's going to get brighter again. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be back on the park. And, you know, I think it's a little bit dismissive of this country to for people from overseas to say, well, the, the World Cup should not be played in England because it rains. You know, England invented cricket, you know, without sounding a, a tad arrogant, England invented cricket. We've got just as much right of this World Cup as anybody else. So it does annoy me a little bit when I see those comments on social media. But it's not ideal, is it? You know, to play in the rain is not a possible thing. So hopefully we'll see some sunshine soon. We'll be back on the park very quickly. Uh, good points uh, raised by James there about cricket being the home of uh, England being the home of cricket and uh, about the weather patterns in England being unpredictable. Anyone want to have a go at this? Yeah, I think he made uh, James making the right point. And another thing I would like to add to um, what he said there is is like when the cricket's played in England, um, all the teams have support in England, and I think that's that's only possible uh, when it happens in England because uh, nowhere else in any other countries uh, you would get supporters uh, for every side. So that's another positive side of having cricket in England and it was in summer so uh, less rain would have been expected uh, like over the over the year the England gets a lot of rain but during these months you would expect it not to rain as much so I think as the competition progresses because it's a long competition anyway so I think things will get better like we had a bad week but I think as the things progress I think we'll be able to put this behind and we'll get to enjoy some cricket in the coming weeks or uh, Usman, your thoughts on the weather, sir, and what James and Fizan have said? So I think it's a great spectacle. I mean, hosting the World Cup. Uh, this is the fifth World Cup that England's hosting, and it's always been great. And I was reading uh, a stat the other day that the match between Pakistan and Sri Lanka was, Sri Lanka was only the third game that's been abandoned in the uh, you know in the entire that have been um, held in England. So I think yes, the fans are obviously disappointed, and that the rain's playing. Uh, you know, it's playing. Um, I mean, it's disappointing to see all of these abandoned games. But at the same time, I think what's what's there was this um, thing that I read the other day, uh, which was talking about how, uh, given that the World Cup is the ultimate and the you know the the uh, you know I mean the biggest tournament that cricket obviously has, it seemed to a lot of people, and on the basis of what I read, um, a lot of fans were commenting on that. It seems as if the Ashes has been given priority over the World Cup, and I say this given the fact that it's been scheduled in a relatively drier month. So I think this is also slightly... I mean, I know that the Ashes is huge. I mean, it's, it's got a lot of following and a lot of people in England, obviously, they're true lovers of the game, and especially the, uh, the purest format, which is Test cricket. So they obviously enjoy that. And, you know, the whole rivalry with Australia. So I, I understand that it's a big thing, but so is the World Cup. I mean, this was going to be as big as it gets. Uh, this was, I mean, this was going to be a huge uh, spectacle. So it's kind of disappointing for me to see the World Cup uh, being held 
in what was you know expected to be you know um, a rainy a rainy patch or a rainy phase. So maybe they could have scheduled it better. Hassan, your thoughts quickly, sir? Sure, right. sure, sure. So very quickly, I, I'd just like to support what uh, Usman Bhai was saying, and uh, I'd build up on that. That you know, it was going on, and uh, the athletes been giving a bit priority over the World Cup, which is unfortunate. This is a point that I was going to bring up as well. However, you know, um, I've been saying this for a while that the biggest indicator of your peak season to play any sport in England is the fact that Wimbledon is always held in July. And uh, you're keeping uh, the Cricket World Cup in the end of May, beginning of June. While I understand we've had other tournaments like the Champions Trophy and the 2009 T20 World Cup in June, they were predominantly towards the uh, later half of June. Uh, but having said that, uh, like even if we had to have the matches on these specific dates, I think uh, what I, the ICC could have been a bit more better prepared. We've seen the likes of Sir Lankan Cricket do really well uh, in rainy seasons. Despite them having torrential rains, uh, they can cover the entire ground. And then I think there's an art they have to, they've got it figured it out on how to remove covers with you know a few inches of water puddles on it. And then they use the sawdust in, in patches very efficiently to, you know, soak up the wet fields. And uh, we didn't see any of that uh, proactiveness from the ICC. And, uh, yeah, so uh, due to which some of the good teams might, you know, get affected, which is unfortunate because you have the World Cup once every four years and this could have been better planned out. Great point, Hassan. But James, your thoughts on all these comments? Yeah, there's, there's a couple of things I just want to come back with. In an English summer, there is no guarantee that any of the months are going to be either sunny or or rainy. So to say that kind of end of May, June and July is guaranteed to be rainy, I think is a little bit false because, you know, I've, I've seen some fantastic Aprils in this country and some fantastic Mays and there's some very wet August. So there's no guarantee with the weather at all through an English summer. So the, And the other thing is that obviously it's a very much an ICC competition. So they're the ones that have... Um, negotiated when that goes into this English summer and if you actually think about where the Ashes is I mean I understand that July and August maybe is a slightly better couple of months for for the weather but neither England nor Australia would want to play a major test match tournament in the run-up to a one-day competition you know they, they wanted to play white ball cricket in the run-up to a World Cup so effectively the World Cup has to come before in the calendar the Ashes series because of the a, a test, a five match test, five test match series is not good preparation for a World Cup tournament. James, you make a you make a series of good points, and you know, like I don't want you feeling that we're ganging up on you or anything. But the fact of the matter afraid? is, like you know, like, uh, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, like you know, like uh, the World Cup got. I mean, it's like it's an event that happens every four years. You know, the ICC should should have been better prepared, and you know, you brought up the fact that it, it is an ICC tournament. But let, let's face it, who runs the ICC? And, I mean, it's, it's a known fact. It's the big three. It's the English Cricket Board. It's uh, BCCI. And it's uh, the uh, uh, Cricket Australia. And, um, and you know, <laughs> the weather so far has impacted the, the lesser teams. Can I just ask you, though, why the ICC are not prepared for this? Because, there, there is, as I've said, there's no guarantee that we, we, we could have turned up. I don't know what the weather was like this time last year or the, or the year before because I've not got my weather for, my weather mapped out. But, I, I, you know, we've had some fantastic Junes. We've had some fantastic Mays in this country in the last few years. 
we could have quite easily turned up in 2019 and seen a fantastic May, June and July. So just by putting it into these months doesn't guarantee it's going to rain. It's, it's actually having a, having a full week of rain at this time of the year is actually quite a rare occurrence in this country these days. But like you know, I don't, I, like like why not have like uh, like indoor games or like covered games or like you know like I mean it's such a monumental event it's such a massive event. I'm sure just... that maybe we could have had reserve days or plans like contingency exactly. Plans. Or we could That's have had. Just uh, nightmare, though, isn't it? You start having reserve days in this competition, which is all, already very long, and you are um, keeping teams in in towns or cities for longer, you know, for another day potentially. It, it it it's already. I, I think the World Cup is just about the right length as it is now. It might even be too long as it is now. If you start putting reserve days in, there is going to be another week or two of this World Cup, and that makes it even longer. So uh, just 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 adding up on to that point, like I've seen uh, uh, really good prediction models in England uh, regarding the weather. You know, you you get to know about a week in advance. Uh, why not switch uh, venue? I know there's logistical challenges and then the tickets being sold out, but ICC is mm-hmm. already in a loss of when they have to abandon games. Uh, you know, the tickets they have to refund and the staff that is employed for that match is already gets their weight. I mean, why not look into uh, a way, a policy of maybe switching venues in advance? Uh, James, just going back to cricket uh, itself, uh, who are you predicting to win? Who do you think is going to win? And uh, realistically, how do you see the final four shaping out? You're not going to lie me for this because you said it's a predominantly Pakistani crowd that I'm with today. (laughs) (laughs) My my prediction ahead of the World Cup, I think he's the same, hasn't changed. Um, I think England and India are going to make the the semi-finals at least. Um, and I've always thought that. I think they're the two best one-day sides in the in the world at the moment. Uh, and my other two teams to get through, I think there's, there's six teams now that could, could still win this World Cup. Um, that's Pakistan, Australia, New Zealand and West Indies. And my two picks to get to the semi-finals from those four would be New Zealand and the West Indies. I think New Zealand... Are a fantastic team, very consistent. No, ma- no massive stars, but they they all know their roles. And I think the West Indies can, on their day, beat anybody. And they've they've turned up with some very big hitters in their team. And I think that could take them a long way in this tournament. Fair enough, fair enough, uh, Fizan. I want you to chime in, bro, uh, and just like comment on like uh, James's uh, final four predictions. Yeah, I think if you look at the stats, uh, like uh, like as a like you would know, you would you would think like Australia, England, India, and New Zealand, considering uh, their but being a Pakistani fan and uh, trusting in our team and our previous results, like how we've performed in ICC competitions, uh, I think uh, um, along with the New Zealand, Australia, India, England. Pakistan and West Indies, I think it's going to be a tight um, competition between these six teams. To like, I think out of these six, uh, there will be four teams that will be going for semis. And um, but as we were talking earlier, 
rain probably play an important factor and one of these teams i hope not uh, get knocked out because of the points they are losing at this stage of the tournament uh, because of the rain that'll be really sad because uh, some some of the teams have been performing really well that upset against england by pakistan was i think one of the best games in the tournament yet and um and pakistan's already lost points because of the rain and then um I see West Indies as a very strong side. I mean, they they have that dominating uh, attitude and the way they've played so far it looks like they're in the competition for a long run and they they would want to go in the last four. But let's see like we'll have to watch few more games and see how teams progress in the competition uh, before we can um actually predict who who's going to be going for the uh, top four um because as we said it's a quite a long competition. Usman bhai you bring in partiality to the group your thoughts are on the final four So I think it's going to be England and India I agree with James I think they are by far the best teams uh, currently on display and obviously the heart says Pakistan but uh, given our current position I think we're I think we're now ranked uh, at, I think we're at number 8 in the ranking so it's going to it's going to be difficult for us um, given you know what's transpired and with the rain and us not being able to again two points uh versus uh, uh in our game against sri lanka so now i think uh i mean we can just I mean, fingers crossed that the rain stays away and now we and now we're able to win all of our upcoming games especially the tomorrow's uh, match against australia i think that for me is a big one and i think that's going to signal um how we're actually shaping up because i thought that the momentum was with us and after beating england in england i mean i thought this was going to be you know it was going to change our fortunes but then because of the rain again the momentum has sort of come to a uh, you know grinding halt so it, it all depends on how we uh, how we go tomorrow so if we beat australia then i think we're going we're going to come back in the top 4 and i think that's going to hold us in you know good stead as we uh, move forward i think another team that uh, a lot of the guys have overlooked is new zealand i think they're off to a fabulous start they've uh, you know they've been lucky with the rain as well they've been able to and i mean they've beaten the three relatively weaker teams so the chances of uh, you know so they're pretty much guaranteed um you know i mean a place in the top 4 5 if they don't mess up you know their their upcoming games and i think they're they have their bases covered the batting seems to be clicking and of course their bowling is a force to you know reckon with especially in these conditions uh trent bowled the other day looked in you know i mean he, I mean, he was i think of all the new ball uh, bowlers in this tournament he's the only one who seems to be getting that in swinger which is a lethal weapon in these conditions so i think they're also shaping up to be um strong contenders and uh, i think they might just uh, you know uh, make it to the semis and for me they're the dark horse for sure hasan bhai your thoughts are on the final four right so if you would have asked me at the start of the world cup it would have been probably india australia england and any of the other like fourth team that was always debatable but uh, as of now i i agree with james as well that india australia definitely seem to be the sorry india and england definitely seem to be the hot favorites but uh, having said that i i would agree with usman bhai again that new zealand is already halfway there they've won three games uh and they need the piece to win six games uh to qualify into the semi finals so uh they need three more wins out of potential six games i guess and statistically they've got one of the best uh bowling attack as well and then you've seen the likes of munro and ross killer bat really well in their in their recent past um 
So uh, I guess the battle is for the last two spots. Uh, I would have said Australia as well, but after their loss to India in the last game, I think the World Cup has slightly opened up. And it could be possibly New Zealand and West Indies because West Indies, the brand that they're suddenly playing, the brand of cricket, it's different from what we've seen them play in the last couple of years. And uh, they've got tearaway fast waters bouncing uh, teams out and, and teams do, do not seem to be prepared for it. We saw it in the rain-affected match versus uh, South Africa. They got the likes of uh, Markham and even Hashim Amla out uh, in a span of a couple of deliveries. And, and, you know, lucky for South Africa, the, the game was washed out. Otherwise, it seemed like West Indies might boss it. So, uh, even though I would want... Uh, uh, Pakistan to go through, but because of that first match and because of that first toss that they lost versus West Indies, um, I think their net run rate took such a pounding that uh, it might be New Zealand and uh, the West Indies along with India and uh, uh, England to go fair, through. Fair, fair enough, sir. Fair enough. James, uh, I've got a series of questions for you, bro. I know we'll let you go. Thank you for joining us. But uh, how one, how desperate is England to win their first World Cup in terms of first one-day World Cup. Two, your thoughts on uh, the Pakistan versus England match. And then uh, finally, uh, what's going on with South Africa? Okay. <laughs> first, firstly, then, with England, um, very desperate. <laughs> they, um, <laughs> we, we obviously, 1975-1979 made the final, made the final again in 92. I think it was a few semi-final appearances as well in, in the mix. But I've never won the World Cup and I think I think all Englishmen and see this summer as being hugely important not just for the World Cup but obviously with the Ashes to follow in terms of winning the World Cup winning the Ashes putting cricket back on the map in, in terms of this country getting young people excited about the game again and making cricket um, well trying to build cricket back up to a, a very popular sport because I, I don't think there's any doubt that cricket in England needs a little bit of a shot in the arm and if Owen Morgan's team can do the job in the World Cup and then Joe Root can lead England to success in the Ashes, there should um, presumably be a massive buzz around cricket in this country. And that would be uh, good for all of us, I think, uh, to get uh, you know, a few more bums on seats at games and to get the, you know, hopefully that filters down into, into the county system. And uh, cricket becomes a lot healthier off the back of 2019. So I think, yeah, we're desperate to win the World Cup to get the trophy, but also desperate to do well to try and encourage people to come along to cricket matches and to you know, to love the game that we all love the same way that we do. So that's that's the answer to, the, to your first question. Um, England against Pakistan. Um, I thought England against Pakistan, the, the five matches, the only four matches that were played, <laughs> was, uh, was a very good series, actually. I thought Pakistan played well. I thought England showed their quality in that they, they managed to get across the line because England had got used to winning and Pakistan possibly haven't done. So it was no surprise that England won that series, but I was quite pleased to see Pakistan play so well. And it therefore wasn't so much of a shock to me that Pakistan turned up in the World Cup and, and put pressure on England. Because I think the, the, it's easy to win series. Five-match series are quite easy to win, aren't they? If you're playing good cricket, you can get across the line because if you lose one match... You, know, you just write it off to a, a bad day and you move on. But obviously, if you lose a match in the World Cup, that can cost you. So England, I think, came in after obviously beating South Africa so well in the first game. And as soon as Pakistan put England under under real pressure, 
it, it made a difference and Pakistan were good enough to see that through. But I mean, I'll, I'll just ask a question back to the guys, really, if I can, off the back of that, because having seen Pakistan quite a lot recently, they are very much a Jekyll and Hyde side. They can be brilliant. They've got some fantastic players. But then we saw them against the West Indies just completely blown away. And it was a shocking performance. Which is the real Pakistan? What we, which Pakistan are you expecting to see turn up in your next game? Because it, it can be terrible and it can be fantastic. <laughs> I'll let Fezan take this one. James, if you ignore Liverpool's last season and you watch Liverpool's performances before this year uh, and the last season they had, um, we compare Pakistan cricket team to Liverpool as in football. Uh, they can, on their day, they can beat any team and they can lose against the weakest side. Um, that's the that's the beauty of Pakistani cricket. Like we have the talent, we have all the ingredients to be champions, but sometimes we just don't because the way our players are being brought up, like this is just pure talent. Like our domestic cricket is not as strong as England or Australia. So players have the ability, they have the talent, but sometimes they just like it's not just it's it's not their day, and they just they don't know like they just uh, don't perform as well as they do on the other days. So it's just unpredictability about Pakistan, like that's so exciting for the cricket fans, and that keeps us uh, following them, even though we lose like four nil, five nil against every team, but we still keep watching because we know there will be a day when we will be back on the rise. I, th- I think that's one of the great things to see from this World Cup is that the, you know, you look at the Pakistan fans, superb. India fans, I know you don't like me saying it, but they were fantastic the other day. Um, seeing the Bangladeshi fans get so excited when their team does well. You know, you see these fans from across the uh, globe. I mean, a lot of them will be living in England, but there's a lot of travelling support as well. It's brilliant, though, to see see all of these, um, yeah, the Afghans as well, seeing them come across here and just really enjoy the cricket. The atmospheres at some of the games have been superb. It's been really good. Usman, by your thoughts on Pakistan and uh, the query that uh, James put forward. <laughs> it's funny listening to these guys because, uh, you know, Pakistan cricket is uh, it's an uh, enigma. You know, it's a mystery. So no one really knows, as Nasser said so eloquently put it, one minute down, the next minute up. I think that really, um, you know, I mean, that, that captures the whole essence of Pakistan cricket. It's, it's just in our DNA, you know, to be woeful one day and to be, you know, sublime the next. So that's why, I mean, I actually fancy our chances against New Zealand, uh, even though you've been, um, you know, I mean, they've been hammering us for the last couple of years. And yet, here I am thinking that, oh, I think we have a chance against them in the World Cup. And yet, at the same time, I'm a little worried about us playing Afghanistan because uh, I think we might just lose because we struggled against them in the Asia Cup. And uh, as, as James pointed out, they have a pretty, um, and a lot of Afghans are coming out, you know, in huge numbers to support their side. So I think it's going to be a, a good game. So I don't think with Pakistan, you never really know, which is why, you know, it's so exciting and also tor- torturous, you know, as a fan because it hurts. Uh, but again, I mean, that's, uh, you know, I mean, you wouldn't really enjoy the highs without the lows and I wouldn't want it any other way. So I think that's what keeps us going. Hassan, they're not giving James the full picture. Please address the Sata factor and explain to James what the Sata is. <laughs> okay, so right before I get into the Sata conspiracy theory, I'd, I'd just quickly add up that what I've seen so far from my all time that I've followed Pakistan cricket is that uh, these guys, for some odd reason, uh, we know the talent is there, but there seems to be a psychological barrier 
which fluctuates when it comes to their performances. And we've seen that, and, and I know I might get a bit of stick when I say this, but we've seen that when they have their backs against the walls and we've seen the entire Corners Tigers speech as well coming, dating back 1992 when they won the World Cup. But when they have absolutely nothing to lose, then that for some odd reason brings the best out of them because then they don't have that second doubt in their gameplay. Otherwise, when they're taking it casually, uh, they don't seem to be following any game plan and, and you know, they just play on as per flow. But otherwise, when, when things really get bad, like, like how we saw in the England game that after the West Indies match, they were getting a lot of stick and they suddenly, you know, came out of surprise. However, having said that, you know, we've had this conversation throughout the 90s and the early 2000s that there might be some, you know, shady characters putting in the Sutta factor and us being in the South Asian area, we, we'd like to use that as a, as a cover-up for most of the, you know, incompetencies that we might see in the field. But I think it's a, it could be a mixture of both, but, but I would say predominantly... It's uh, more psychological, which is why I think Pakistan team does need a sports psychologist. James, listen, just real quick, the fact that these boys aren't addressing the Sarta factor really annoys me. Pakistan, the PCB is run by the Pakistani government. And the fact, and they come in and they appoint people who have nothing to do with cricket, who have no relevance to cricket, and they become head, the, 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 the chairman of the PCB, and they don't know how to run the, the cricket board. And then we have organizations within our team selections. I mean, we've had four brothers from one family. Uh, the three Akma brothers and then uh, this kid, Babar Azam, play from one family. And it just goes to show you the level of incompetency that's prevalent in the PCB. I mean, you can say the Pakistan's an enigma and you never know what to expect from them. But if they play consistent cricket and it, it, come, it's, it's a, it comes from the higher-ups, if there is consistent... I mean, look at, look at the ECB, the English Cricket Board. They came, I mean, they went through a tour in time um, uh, before like uh, the Flintoffs took off and everything. And uh, but they got their act together and they've got a good uh, team going and they have good chemistry and they have a good organization now set up. And the fact that you guys, a lot of your players play in the IPL, that factors a lot. And that's something that we're excluded from. So politics definitely ha has a lot to, uh, to play in Pakistan's, uh, uh, you know, Torrid State right now. But James, yeah. uh, your I, final I, thoughts. Um, uh, I, I, I um, went out to the Emirates T20 in uh, October, I think, last year and I watched the Lahore Qalandas. Um, they they lifted that uh, T20 trophy with effectively their development squad. It was coached by Akib Javid, and I, I interviewed him, and he was telling me about their um, development program where they go into the regions and they um, get the kids and they get anybody that's uh, inter half interested in cricket and they coach them, and then they pick the best uh, best of them out to come and actually you know join their development setup. Um, Shaheen Afridi, who's obviously in the Pakistan squads, was one of the guys that was bowling really well for them out there in uh, in the Emirates T20. And Sahel Akhtar, the opening um, batsman, was uh, a guy who had basically given up on cricket and had gone back into the office. And Aki Javid's um, lads went out and found him, got him back into the nets, realised he was a talent and he, he scored a century in one of those games in the Emirates T20. So I think there are good things happening in Pakistan. It's just not um, probably, as you say, coordinated from the top. You did ask me one third question, didn't you? Because I I, and I hijacked your show by asking my own question, but the South African question about what's happened Thank to them. I, um, I, found, I, I found their performances in this World Cup really disappointing. 
you know, they've turned up. I mean, there's a lot of controversy today about um, A.B. de Villiers apparently had phoned up uh, Fafta Plessy on the eve of the uh, World Cup squad announcement to say, actually, I wouldn't mind playing. And that, that just smacks of just complete um, chaos, doesn't it, really? Because he's the best. He's one of the best players in the world. A.B. de Villiers, if, if you gave me the choice no of being a current player for a day, you know, to play like A.B. de Villiers would be incredible. But, you know, he, he'd obviously turned his back on that setup, and then decided at the last minute I might do it. After plus he said, well, you know, it's too late. We'd already, we'd already got everything in place by then, which I think was a fair comment. But it just shows that there's a little bit of a mess behind the scenes, probably in South African cricket at the moment. And they've turned up, Dale Stane obviously being injured was a major factor for them, but they didn't show up against England. And they look as if they're going to go home with very few points on the board at all. So, you know, a huge disappointment, I think. But I think, yeah, if we get some decent weather, the next few days are going to influence, you know, it's certainly going to be an impact upon who makes the final four. Um, I think the game between India and New Zealand is going to be a big one. Um, India coming off three wins against the inverted commas minnow countries. It's their first big test. And I think they could put India under some pressure as they did in the warm-up game between the two sides. Yeah, as you said, Pakistan against the West Indies is going to be a big game as well. So, there's some big games coming. So, hopefully the sun comes out. We stop talking about the weather and we start talking about the cricket again. Amen. Amen. James, thank you so much for joining us, bud. It was a pleasure having you. It's a pleasure and good luck to Pakistan. I hope you enjoy the rest of the competition. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cheers, mate. All right, boys, now that James is uh, out of the picture, you know, he's brought up some good points. Um, Fezan, thank you for bringing James on to the front. It was good to having an English perspective. And, uh, and uh, I mean, I have to give it to him. You know, he, he kept his cool. But you guys, you, I, mean, I can't believe you guys didn't say a word or anything about uh, Pakistan Sarta. Well, he's... <laughs> He's he's talking in favor of Pakistan more than we did. So, <laughs> I mean, he was being a journalist, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, but like, it would, it would look bad. It would look bad for Pakistani fans talking bad about Pakistani cricket and then an Englishman supporting them. So. <laughs> we have we have to tell the people the truth. I mean, I mean, Usman, by please, yeah, please tell me your why. Why didn't you address the Sattai at all? So you talk about Pakistan being an enigma, a mystery, and we <laughs> love their unpredictability, but sir, come on. <laughs> I mean... Actually, the, the, the Satta question was addressed to uh, Hassan, who very conveniently deflected it, and then started, <laughs> went, went on a tangent talking about God knows what. So maybe if you had asked me that question, and I, and I, didn't, I didn't really, you know, I thought it was going to be really rude of me to interrupt Hassan while he was, you know, going on his rampage. So Come I decided on. to, you know, keep my mouth shut. But yes, I excellent, think excellent said, reply by Hassan. By the <laughs> nobody understood what I said. <laughs> but I think yes. I mean, on the Sattar factor, I don't think Pakistan cricket has been clean. But I don't think international cricket has been clean. So True. I think I, I think you. it's slightly unfair, you know, at the end of the day, to single out Pakistan. And I mean, sure, our players were, you know, caught in the storm, and I think they've paid the price. I mean, they've, they've even gone to prison, man. Uh, so, so were the Aussies, I mean, you know, so were the Indians, but nobody talks exactly. about them. So it's not like we've monopolized, you know, this this uh, this issue or whatever. I mean, I think I think it's an issue which needs to be dealt with, and I think the ICC needs to play a you know much stronger role when it comes to dealing with this menace. And uh, I don't I don't really see that happening. So this this threat of Sutta will always remain, especially 
as long as India's underworld, you know, bookie system is uh, is tolerated because you have Thank to remember you. that. I mean, all of these bookies were basically Indians, and uh, you. You know, given India's stronghold and their dominance and the way they're able to influence the game, I think that bit needs to be sorted out. And until unless that is done, because because that's where all the money is. So uh, they either need to legalize it or they need to somehow structure it better. I don't know, but this, that's something for the ICC to answer, as opposed to you know what we think. Because as fans, nothing hurts us more than you know when we see our our heroes, you know, not giving their best because they've been paid off. And obviously, as Pakistanis, we've been you know hurt by um, you know uh, I mean I mean everything that that basically happened in England, especially during the whole spot fixing fiasco, was just so hurtful. I mean, we lost someone of the caliber of Asif. And, you know, such bowlers won't come around every other year. You know, they're, they're like once-in-a-generation players. So we know exactly what it feels like. But at, at the same time, what I'm saying is that the ICC needs to, you know, put its foot down and uh, engage all stakeholders, which includes the BCCI, and try and rectify the issue as honestly as they can and also bring about some transparency when it comes to their dealings with these boards. Sir, you brought up Asif in tears in my eyes, sir. I got emotional, sir. Asam Bhai, sir, tomorrow's match, sir. Pakistan versus Australia, sir. One, will it be played? Two, who's going to win? Three, how are we going to win this, sir? Before I go into the Pakistan versus Australia match, I'd quickly like to clarify about the question that you asked on Sitar. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think that question was a wrong question. You should have asked about Sitar in overall cricket because we've been observing when Australia plays India, they start dropping catches. When South Africa plays India, they start dropping catches. So the sata was related. The question was related to Pakistan cricket. However, it should have been related to the overalls, you know, because I was talking to Fair a enough. friend the other day. I was, uh, and we were we were thinking that, you know, ICC Cricket World Cup somehow feels like a, you know, WWE event, which is scripted. So, <laughs> so having said that, you know, let's see how how the rest of the Indian matches pan out, and we'd be able to pinpoint more things out, and then we'll bring it up with James again. Uh, for tomorrow's match, I think uh, it, we there is a chance, 50% chance of getting uh, game uh, time. Maybe I don't know how much, but uh, the rain chance was at around uh, 90%. It's gone down to 50%, but the hours are still from 12 to 8 uh, local time over there. Uh, having said that, suppose if we do get some game time, uh, I would hope that uh, we win the toss and bat first. Oh, sorry, ball first. Uh, because uh, in all uh, DLS situations, you would want to be bowling first, even because the situation is such, uh, the the conditions are conclusive for bowling first. And then you'd like to know what kind of a total you're chasing uh, in a rain-affected match. Uh, so always, you know, bat second. But the toss isn't up to us. But I, I can only hope that happens. Having said that, suppose uh, it's damp, it's rainy, and Pakistan is put into bat first, and that is a scary thought because you'd have the likes of Stark and Cummins coming on a wet, damp pitch, uh, bowling at someone like Imam al Haq. So that that is that is not a pretty thought of it. So it's still 50-50 for me. Uh, I think Toss would play a huge role if we do get some game time. Hassan Bhai is always being indecisive about his pick. Hassan Bhai. Give us your thoughts on tomorrow's match. How is Pakistan going to win it, sir? Will the match be played? Sir, as we were discussing earlier about Pakistan, can Pakistan make it to top four or, or not? 
I think tomorrow's game is the decider for Pakistan. Pakistan really need those points and they have to win tomorrow's game after losing out on some points earlier as well and losing one game. So, but I'm just trying to imagine what, where Pakistan would be left if they, if they are not able to get three points tomorrow if, or if the game doesn't go ahead tomorrow. Uh, how would ICC compensate teams when they're losing two or three games in the in this part of the tournament? And how would those teams be able to progress in the competition if they're already losing losing two games because of the rain? And um, it's really depressing for fans as well. Like I was watching earlier, um, I'm happy that Hassan Bay mentioned that it's a 50% chance of uh, raining tomorrow. I was reading just a little while earlier, it was 70%. So... That just shows that you'll probably just get 30% of the game. And uh, um, in, in pressure situations, I don't, I, I never put my money on Pakistan because I, I won't expect them to perform in a shorter game as well as they would in 50 overs against a team like Australia. Because we have our, um, like, even if we sometimes we don't start off really well, but like uh, we get things together halfway through and win in difficult situations but if if we know like it's already going to be a pressure game with few overs to play and you have to chase a certain target or take a certain amount of wickets uh, it's going to be really difficult for Pakistan compared to it would be for Australia so I'm just hoping a full day of cricket tomorrow uh, otherwise I see uh, a lot of uh, difficulties raising for Pakistan tomorrow so let's see how it goes um, Pakistan as we said they can win against England um, after losing four or five games in a row. Um, so they can be any team on their day if they perform well. We have a good team there now, so they have to perform on the day. And uh, I'm hoping them for to win and get three points somehow tomorrow. Fazan, bringing up some great points about the weather. Last time we played Australia, these Panchos and their... God damn D team there and out of that team sir out of that out of that Kanjurai team sir our best bowler Shinwari isn't playing sir Haris Well was the star performer scoring two centuries Mohammed Rizwan also got two centuries oh bhai team mein nahi hai. so sir um, how do you see and, and and then of course our opener saw Imam al got pelted and he did not perform well got a total score of 28 in two innings so sir how do you see uh, do, do you think Haris Well should be brought back sir do you feel like Imam Alak should be dropped? How do you see tomorrow's match playing out, sir? No, I don't think Imam Alak should be dropped. Uh, even though he gave a ridiculous statement the other day in which he said that playing Stark shouldn't be an issue. That was so stupid. And, I mean, you know, you don't see... I mean, this is where I think our players lack maturity, uh, you know, by giving such statements. I mean, um, they need to learn from the likes of, you know, Virat Kohli and the others on how to carry themselves both on and off the field. Uh, because this just makes us dislike them more, you know. But anyhow, uh, on, on, on performance alone, no, I don't think Imam Al-Haq deserves to be dropped. I think he needs to be persevered with and I think he needs to play the entire tournament. So, he definitely is a, is a must. And, I, I mean, personally, if it were up to me, I would play the exact same team that, um, that beat England. I wouldn't make any changes. I think they should just stick to the same team. Uh, of course, it also depends upon the conditions. It also depends on what the pitch is going to be like. And also if they get to bowl first. So all of these things need to be factored in. But uh, assuming that it's a flat track and assuming that the sun is out, I would then go with the same, uh, with the same team that played England. Uh, and one more thing. I think maybe we can discuss this um, 
in another session. But uh, and, and not to belabor the point about the rain and everything, but one thing that really upset me was how in the in the game against Sri Lanka, uh, when they decided to abandon the game, the sun was out, and Thank you. Uh, you know. You know, and it, it just really, you know, I mean, I was I was livid because uh, they just had to show a bit of flexibility. I mean, uh, why is there a friggin' curfew? I mean, you know, I mean, uh, apparently the official the official uh, word was that we couldn't schedule a you know twenty overs game because you were short by like ten minutes, and that to me was just preposterous. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, you could have uh, you know gone overboard by like ten minutes. Big deal. I mean, uh, I mean, you have the fans um, in the stands, and they've been waiting for you know for for the rain to stop, and then eventually when it does, and the sun is out, uh, surely they should have you know uh, shown some flexibility, as I said earlier, and 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 seen how they could have possibly carried on with the game. And one more thing that they need to do is, of course, cover the entire ground, a la uh, Sri Lanka. I mean, uh, these grounds do have uh, they're equipped with uh, you know the best drainage. Uh, facilities uh, from what I've heard but uh, not covering the gr- the ground or the entire ground especially the bowlers run up to me is an unpardonable sin I mean no matter how good or how effective the drainage is I mean you still need to at least you know I mean mitigate the risk because this has happened um, you know far too often for my liking I mean this happened in the Pakistan India series uh, Pakistan England series uh, in the first one day international when the rain was uh, oh, I mean when the clouds went away but we couldn't uh, carry on with the game because uh, you know the bowlers run up was was uh, deemed to be dangerous uh, and that again was only because they didn't cover the entire ground and then this, the exact same scene was uh, was uh, observed during Pakistan Sri Lanka you know I mean during that game where again they decided not to cover the entire ground and then uh, it was just it was just really insane that the sun is out the fans are ready the players are ready but they decided not to go ahead with the game so I think the ICC if they cannot reschedule the games because of the whole logistics and the cost and everything. I mean, at least demonstrate, you know, a certain level of uh, flexibility. I mean, to entertain the fans. I mean, if I recall, uh, if you if you guys remember, uh, during the 2013 ICC Champions Trophy, the one that India won against England. I mean, that match, I remember I was in Islamabad uh, in those days. And I think that match went on to like 1 a.m. or something. I mean, so Bilkul. they... So, I mean, why were they okay with that match going on till like, you know, up until midnight? But for a World Cup, they're not willing to make exceptions. That's just insane, you know. So, they need to look into this and see whatever can be done to, you know, uh, get the game going should be done. And, uh, I mean, they, they can't be as rigid as, they, as these guys usually are. And just show a little bit of flexibility and, you know, things will work out for the better. Osman by eloquent deserver, sir. Hassan by some of your closing thoughts, sir, on the podcast today. Uh, James's professionalism and diplomacy in representing uh, his uh, viewpoint, sir, and uh, uh, Pakistan's uh, chances of winning tomorrow. I think uh, it was a good addition in the podcast. He made some good points, especially about the English weather. I understand, you know, it's frustrating for them because they live there, they go through it, and they see it being really. Uh, bipolar. So, um, however, you know, uh, we did mention some good points, which I think we can possibly take into in another podcast on on the urgency and the willingness for, by the ICC to be a bit more proactive and have some contingency plans in place in such situations where, you know, the World Cup, entire World Cup doesn't get affected. Uh, I don't know what will happen tomorrow. It, it is likely to be washed out. And if that happens, you know, things get even more difficult for Pakistan. 
But if you get a game, I hope the boys uh, uh, put in a good performance like they did versus uh, England. And, uh, you know, uh, the pitch is supposed to be actually a flat pitch with, and it's supposed to be a small ground with small boundaries. So don't play in the conditions a bit too much in your head and uh, just go there and express yourself. I know uh, Sir Fraz might be tempted to go in with three pacers, but uh, I'd agree with the Harry by that, uh, you know, you should look to possibly go in with the same combination that you had in the England game. Uh, I think that was a decent combination. And, you know, you had the likes of Asif, Shoev and Hafiz batting together. The lower order has been an issue and we saw that the lower order did score some runs then. Uh, having said that, I hope we get a game tomorrow because it will be really important important for us to get a win. Uh, otherwise, things get really difficult for Pakistan to qualify in the semis purely because of that man run rate. Thank you, Zambai. Fizambai, how did you come across James? And uh, thank you for bringing him in, sir, and your closing thoughts. I I I just share my uh, our podcast on Twitter and uh, James uh, was one of the people I shared it with and he liked it and he wanted to be a part of it so uh, we were more have more than happy to obviously invite him and join us on the podcast. Um, see that's the beauty of the sport like no matter where you're from who you are. Um, you you like instantly click when you meet the like-minded people and uh, we had a great session with James today and I'm hoping that we can get him to join us again soon after a couple of more games and it'd be more interesting to talk about how teams progressed in the competition. So, yeah, definitely a great experience and uh, I think uh, as we get the cricket back again, uh, in the next coming few days, it will be more interesting and we'll see how uh, Pakistan um, performs tomorrow if they get to play and how it will affect them after tomorrow's game. Like, it, Obviously, we are a bit worried about uh, our team because um, we already lost one game and we, we couldn't play our last game as well because of the rain. So... Tomorrow's game, as everyone said, is really important for us. Like three points tomorrow is something that we really needed. So I'm hoping that Pakistan gets to play tomorrow against Australia. And uh, I would play the same team as last game. And I was really happy with the team they chose in the last game because that was a good uh, combination of experience and some young talent. And everybody performed really well. So there's no reason um, for excluding anyone because it was an all-round performance by the boys. So... Good luck to Pakistan for tomorrow and uh, we will get together again hopefully and we'll see how things go on. Osman, bye. Take us out, sir. Tell us who's going to win tomorrow and your closing thoughts on the podcast today. I think, inshallah, the rain's going to stay away and Pakistan's winning. So, I think it's going to be great. And uh, it's great. it was also great to have, uh, you know, James, uh, you know, in the podcast. I think he added a lot of uh, value. And I think it's great when you have, uh, you know, um, like like a different viewpoint because he's not emotionally scarred as we are as Pakistan. <laughs> you know? so, so, so it was nice to have a stained person on board, you know, lecturing us on cricket and whatnot. But no, I mean, uh, in all seriousness, it's, this is always fun. And I hope we keep doing this, guys. Thank you, Usman Bhai. Pakistan? Zindabad. Take care, guys.